Hallelujah. I surrender all. Amen. I want the Lord to know that I have surrendered everything to Him. He is my everything. We welcome each and every one of you here to Grace Gospel Worship Center online and in-house. Thank the Lord for each and every one of you. Um, I lost my, okay, Damian McFerrin, something happened to him. He was just sitting there. Uh, we're going to move on. Um, I want to, I want to say we honor Black History Month this today, and it's an honor to be able to speak before you. Um, I, I chose a man that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to talk about George Washington Carver. Um, I know this will take just a little bit of time, and I know there's a beautiful presence of the Lord, but pray that you will hear what I'm trying to bring out in this gentleman, and we thank the Lord for what God used him in, his achievements, and then I want to kind of read a, a part of a um, dissertation or a message that he wrote. George Washington Carver, they don't know exactly when he was exactly born, but we're going to start with 1864. He did not know, but uh, January of 5th of 1943 was an American agricultural scientist. He was an inventor who promoted alternative crops to cotton and to prevent soil depletion. He was one of the most black scientists of the early 20th century. While a professor at Tuskegee Institute, Carver developed techniques to improve types of soil depleted by repeated planting of cotton. He wanted poor farmers to grow other crops such as peanuts and sweet potatoes as a source of their own food to improve their quality of life. The most popular of his 44 practical bulletins for farmers contained 105 food recipes using peanuts. Apart from his work to improve the lives of farmers, Carver was also a leader in promoting environmentalism. He received numerous honors for his work, including the uh, Spingarn Medal of the NAACP. In an era of high racial polarization, his fame reached beyond the black community. He was widely recognized and praised in the white community for his many achievements and talents. In 1941, Time Magazine dubbed Carver a black Leonardo. He had college education. Carver applied to several colleges before being accepted at Highland University in Highland, Kansas. When he arrived, however, they refused to let him attend because his, of his race. In August of 1886, Carver traveled by wagon with J.F. Beeler from Highland to Eden Township in Ness County, Kansas. He homesteaded a claim near Beeler where he maintained a small conservatory of plants and flowers and a geological collection. 
He manually plowed seven, listen to this. He manually plowed 17 acres of the, of the claim planting rice, corn, Indian corn, garden produce, uh, produce, as well as various fruit trees, forest trees, and shrubberies. He also earned money by odds, by, by doing odd jobs in town and worked as a ranch hand. When he, when he began there in 1891, he was the first black student at Iowa State Carver, Carver's bachelor thesis for a degree in agriculture was plants as modified by man, dated 1894. Iowa State University professor Joseph Budd and Louis Kamal convinced Carver to continue there for his master's degree. Carver did research at the Iowa Experiment Station under Pamel, 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 May I might be pronouncing that wrong, but during the next two years, his work at the experiment station in plant pathology and micro mycology first gained him rec national recognition and respect as a botanist. Carver received his Master of Science degree in 1896. Carver taught as the first black facility, as the first black facility faculty member at Iowa State. He wrote a devotional, and I want to read this devotional to you because I, I, it really sums up the power of God in people's lives. The devotional that he wrote was Communing with God Through Nature by George Washington Carver. He starts out with, God is speaking. As soon as you begin to read the great and loving God out of all forms of existence, he has created both animate animate and inanimate, then you will be able to converse with him anywhere, everywhere, and at all times. Oh, what a fullness of joy will come to you. God is speaking. I ask the great creator silently, daily, and often many times per day to permit me to speak to him through the three great kingdoms of the world, which he has created, the animal, the mineral, and the vegetable kingdom. Their relations to each other, to us, our relations to them, and the great God who made all of us. I ask him daily and often moment, momently to give me wisdom, understanding, bodily strength to do his will. Hence, I am asking and receiving all the time. We get closer to God as we get more intimately and understandably acquainted with the things he has created. More and more as we come closer and closer in touch with nature and its teachings, we are able to see the divine and are, and are therefore filled to interpret correctly the various languages spoken by all forms of nature. First, nature in its varied forms are the little windows through which God permits me to commune with, with him and to see much of his glory, majesty, and power by simply lifting the curtain and looking in. Second, I love to think of nature as unlimited broadcasting stations through which God speaks to us every day, every hour, every moment of our lives. If we will only tune in and remain so. Third, I am more and more convinced as I search for truth 
that no student of nature can behold the lilies of the field or look unto the hills or study even the microscopic wonders of a stagnant pool of water and honestly declare himself to be an infidel. To those who have as yet not learned the secret of true happiness, which is the joy of coming into the closest relationship with the master and preserver of all things. Begin now the study, the little things in your own door yard, going from the known to the nearest related unknown. For indeed, each new truth brings one nearer to God. A prism in the light, the devotional writings of George Washington Carver. In one time, one in one of the theme, in one of them, Carver recounts what he calls my simple conversion at the age of ten. In his own words, God just came into my heart one afternoon while I was alone in the loft of our big barn. While I was shelling corn, I knelt down by the barrel of corn and prayed as best I could. Perhaps based on his childhood com conversion through all the public prominence and that Carver achieved, he never lost his spiritual affection for young people. As an adult, after a, after a speaking engagement to the YMCA groups that came to be called Carver Boys, he wrote that he loved those boys because Christ was there. I love to think of nature as unlimited broadcasting stations through which God speaks to us every day, every hour, every moment of our lives, if we will only tune in and remain so. He said the umbrella concept of selection gleaned from several letters is closeness to God. The variation on the theme are contemplations of different ways in which our experience of nature can become the channel for com communing with God. The effect of sharing the lively actions of Carver's mind and soul is that of turning a prism not prison, but prism, in the light. By the end, we feel that we can follow Carver's encouragement to make God a moment-by-moment -moment presence through an increased sensitivity to nature. Carver's imagination gives us metaphors to ponder and unpack. For example, the varied, for varied forms of nature are windows out of which we can see God and radio stations to which we can listen to the voice of God. Animals, vegetables, minerals are kingdoms. The forms of nature speak various languages by way of application. Underlying Carver's vision is the conviction that God is present in the external world, that we can therefore know God through nature and culture, and that unbelievers are without excuse for ignoring God. Romans 1.20, he, he put this scripture in his Romans 1.20 is a confirming passage for God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Amen. We honor this gentleman sitting in that scientific room, science room, working to find ways to help produce 
crops in different ways and to help farmers. Amen? I'm appreciative of our, of our forefathers and those that have gone before me and who helped us with things. Amen? Before I go any further, I want to bring uh, Damien. I'm sorry, Damar. Damani. My mind is in another place. Damani McFerrin, can you please come? We were able to baptize this young man on the eighth day of January of 2023. Amen. If, amen, amen. If I may say that it was truly a blessing, that was my highlight of the day in that service. And Damani, may the Lord richly bless you. We're looking forward to you receiving the Holy Ghost next. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. The Lord is doing a work. Amen. Um, I, I, I'm kind of, today I'm kind of just kicking off a, I'm going to do my best to, to speak on a series today or this month. Open this for me. Um, I don't, my lapel's not working, so I, I don't have both hands. Okay. Yeah, okay. It come through. All right. Praise God. I, I've learned it's so much easier to preach without a mic. Um, so in this tray, in this tray there are seeds. And I'm going to tell you the different seeds that are in this tray. There are garden beans. There are Blue Lake garden beans. I have organic uh, sugar daddy peas. I have sweet corn, I have watermelon, and I have cantaloupe. It doesn't matter which seed you take. I'm just asking that, um, I don't know how many people here, so maybe don't let the children take them because I don't want them to put them in their mouth. Uh, these are truly garden vegetables to be planted. So I'm asking all of you to take a seed because it's actually going with my message. And my, I, this may be, I don't know, I don't even want to call it a message. I might just call it treaching. Um, but as you, as you can, I'd like you to just take a, take a kernel, take a pea, take a, a bean, take something out of that, that, uh, tray as it comes through to you and by you. We're going to stand and take our message from Matthew or my thoughts out of Matthew 13, one through nine. We welcome everybody here. Once again, I want to say welcome to Grace Gospel Worship Center. Welcome online. Uh, certainly good to see uh, Aaron Sutherland's mother and Xavier here today, amen, and uh, brother, um, brother Gary's son-in-law, good to have you in the house of the Lord with us today, uh, amen. It's good to have all of you back with us today. If you're there, say amen. All right. The Bible says, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, 
When he sowed, some seeds fell on the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of the earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and be, because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But, the, but, other, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixfold, some thirtyfold, or some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Verse 9 says, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I'd like you to move to, to chap, uh, verse 18, Matthew 13, verse 18, and it says this. When you're there, say amen. amen. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one that catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and, and anon, which means literally hears it or straightway hears it with joy, and it says joy receiveth it. Yet he not, he hath, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth the while, dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by, in, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches or of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 25 or 23. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, six, some sixty, and some thirty. You may be seated. My prayer today is that we'll be ready for the harvest. Amen. Amen. I ask you to prepare your hearts. Uh, I ask you to prepare your hearts today to hear and to receive what thus saith the Lord. I, I, I'm going to title today's lesson or my thoughts for uh, this series, Rooted, It's Time to Check the Ground. Rooted, but it's time to check the ground. The seed of the gospel is available to all people. It is sown generously no matter the heart condition of the individual. It, its ability to take root and grow when planted is dependent on the condition of the soil of one's heart. I'm going to say that again. Its ability to take root and grow when planted is dependent on the condition of the soil of one's heart. I want you to think about this. The goal is for every child of God to believe that you have the ability to make life choices that ensure that your heart's are fertile, our fertile soil for the truth of the gospel to take root. Yeah. Amen? And my hope is to help develop a deep sense that your connection to the kingdom of God is directly correlated to the condition of your heart. Amen. 
okay, that you will make a conscious choice to adjust your lifestyle by the help of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit in your life to create the kind of environment where your relationship with God can grow. Amen. Amen. I, 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 the Lord was dealing with me and I, I was struggling and everything kept coming back to the heart, coming back to the soil. Uh, Matthew 13, 15 says, For this people's hearts, this people's heart is wax gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see that with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. That's the word of God. Mark 8, 35 said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the Lord's sake, not mine, not pastor, but for God's sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. John 16, 33 says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. I'm talking to somebody uh, that we're going to have to go through some things. We're going to have to be able to overcome some things of this world. We're going to have to be able to continue to stand on the word of God. Luke 21, 34 said this, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfighting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unaware that when, what he's saying is, is that when the Lord comes, that you're ready. That you have not been so caught up in the things of this world and the things of the, the, the pleasure of life that you have not forgotten your spiritual walk so that when Christ returns, you'll be ready. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all... What's that? Diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. You know, many a times we tell people, out of the heart the mouth speaks. That's why I really watch when I'm handling matters. Sometimes if you're really close to me, you just get it. When you're real close to me, I speak straight hard. But most of the time I try to think before I speak because what I'm speaking sometimes can be wounding. And so I really pray and try to uh, get myself in a place where I can... Uh, be kind to each and every one that I speak to. And I don't say that to be uh, that, I'm a, uh, uh, um, that I'm evil. I say that because I have learned that sometimes you can say things out of the heat of the moment. That you've let build up to this very moment. So because I did not talk to you about the situation back here, now I'm dealing with what you did back here and here and here, and this was just that straw that when you drop it on the camel's back, it broke it, right? right? So I have learned to wait a minute and pray and seek the Lord so that this heart is right when, he set, when, it, when I speak to you or when I speak to someone, amen? So I want you to consider the size of the seed that you have taken. Look at that seed. I want you to consider the size of it. Last year, a friend of mine being Brother McCauley 
and I planted a garden. We started with a little tiller of about 18 inches wide to, to till a spread of 18 inches wide. Brother Dave decided that was not big enough. Uh, it was going to take forever to plow this garden. So Brother Dave went out and bought this four-foot tiller to put it back on his tractor. And as we begin to till the ground and prepare the ground, there were things that we had to do to the soil. Yeah. Amen? Uh, we, we started, first we started, we weren't going to have a big garden, but we plowed this one, this one stretch here, and next thing we know, we're buying 100 heads of red cabbage and white cabbage. We had to plow more ground. Well, then we wanted hot peppers, then we wanted green peppers, then we, we wanted more room. So it became a 30 by 50 garden. And then we tried to figure out what were we going to do to keep it in it, you know, take care of it. And so our garden had onions, it had corn, cabbage, broccoli, tomatoes, squash, watermelons, cantaloupes, green peppers, jalapeno peppers. I don't even know what else I had in there. We, we, we had so much in there. But, but we took a serious approach. We began to buy soil that each plant got good soil. We, had, we saw that the earth was not that good after tilling it. After tilling it a many a time and turning it over, we just saw that the ground was just not fertile. So we, my, my brother began to buy bags of uh, plant soil and, and bringing it in. And every plant was planted in tent with some good soil. All right. After all that, we still needed the necessary aspects for these plants to grow. Can you imagine what it was? Water and sun. Water and sun. We need the Lord on us. Amen. To keep us right with God. Today we begin a four-week series, and I'm, called it, I'm going to call it Rooted. Psalms 1-3 says that a person rooted in their face shall be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do will prosper. Amen? I'm, I'm, I know this is not something that you're going to like jump and shout for, but I'm here to tell, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this series, you'll understand what I'm trying to get to. Amen? We need to check our ground. Right? We already prepared the ground. We've now put mulch in it. I've got a, a farmer bringing me, or as soon as I take the trailer over, I can fill it up with manure, go over there, dump it in the field. If we, if him and I so choose to try to take this endeavor on, we're, we kind of figured out that was way too big of a garden to handle by two people. But in order for a seed to grow and ultimately prosper, it must first be planted. A seed is generally planted in soil, and the quality of the soil has immeasurable effects on the growth of the seed. So I want you to look at the seed. I need you to keep that seed. I need you to feel that seed. I need you to understand this seed that you have. It's very, it's very important. Uh, you got to take care of that seed. You got to make sure you have that seed. You just don't throw it out, right? You got to don't throw it anywhere, right? Have a small pot. I, I don't have a small pot, so I'm going to use this thing as a another object lesson. Now, if these were real, we would have to be checking the soil, right? Oh, it's dry. I need to get some water and water it. Right? 
I would tend to it. I need to make sure it's still getting enough water. I got to make sure that here it grows well in the fake light. But if it was a real plant, I would need to make sure that I placed it by sunlight. Huh? And I would have to constantly check the soil. I'd have to constantly make sure it got sunlight. I would constantly have to make sure it got water. Amen. That's very much what it's like for a child of God. Amen. A child of God's constantly got to be checking our spiritual walk with God. We've got to be checking in, am I full of the Holy Ghost or am I partially full of the Holy Ghost? Amen. I got to check some things. I got to check my heart. I got to check my mind. I've got to, have I been reading the word of God? Have I been praying? Have I been seeking the face of God? Can I walk up to Sister Kiesia, even if she wronged me and say, it's certainly good to see you today. All right. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Amen. Right? Or do I, or can I really, because of my heart not being right and the ground not being right, just kind of, oh, that's, that's Kiesia. Right? I'll, I'll ignore she's there. Maybe she'll go away. That's not what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord wants our hearts to be right. We have to be rooted. That means we have to be the bigger person. If I've offended Sister Kiesia, and she needs to be the bigger person and say, Pastor, you just hurt me because I can't make nothing right. Her heart will get a bitterness in it, and she will fall away from God because she did not go Pastor or Sister Tammy or Sister Tyler or Sister Tiana. You all have wounded me, and I, I need you to know you hurt me, right, so that they can make it right because... They don't want to get up to heaven and say, and, and she lost out with God and get up to heaven and God go, you know, Sister Tammy, you wounded her, even though you did not know, because she did not come. She turned from God, but you need to understand, you, you hurt someone. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of you. Some of us don't even think like that. We don't think like that. But it's so imperative that we watch out how we are. I can become so carnal that I forget about your feelings. I can become so carnal that I forget about where I am with Christ. Right? I can get so involved in the everyday affairs that I forget what's going on in my spiritual life and what's going on in, in my walk with God. And so, uh, let me say, uh, in the parable of the sower, Jesus says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds ate that up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, a hundredfold, sixty and thirty times more. He who has ears, let him hear. Eight verses later, in Matthew, Jesus explains the meaning of the parable to the disciples. Listen. Then to what the parable of the sower means. Listen to what he means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed sown along 
the path. The one who received the seed and, uh, and, and that fell on rocky places is the one who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he was, since he was not rooted, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. We are in the last days. There is no time to fall away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the one who hears the word, understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred six a hundred. 60 or 30 times what was sown. Jesus gives you four different scenarios of seed being spread in the parable. He explains that the seed is the word, the good news shared with others. Amen. It is imperative that we share the gospel. Amen. The soil is the heart of a person where the seed of good news can be rooted. Amen. Jesus makes it clear that the problem uh, in the parable don't occur with the seed. The seed I gave you is good. The seed that I've given you is good. He is the seed of our life. Amen. His seed is not a faulty seed. It's not a, a, a genetically modified seed. It is a seed that is pure. Woo! It's powerful. It's got healing power in it. It's got salvation in it amen it's got it's got victory in it it's got peace in it it's got joy in it it's got everything that we need his seed is amazing amen but the seeds that i gave you you need to understand are good seeds i made sure most of them were organically i don't know whether that means anything or not but my wife says it does so i just listen but the bottom line is the seed that I've given you has not been supposedly genetically modified. That seed is something for you to take care of. Okay? The seed that Jesus gave us is the seed of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. We are to protect it. We are to take care of it. We are to nurture it. Amen? When it begins to get dry in us and we can't feel the presence of God, we are to do everything in our power to get back in to the presence of God. Amen? We need him in our lives for me to be rooted and not to be washed away, not to be, to be drawn away by the false doctrine that's rising up in the land. I need his power. I need to be rooted in the word of God. I, got, I need to be rooted in my walk with God. I need to be rooted in the presence and the spirit of God. Matthew 13, 9. A hardener, oblivious heart is a barren wasteland. Matthew 39 said, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he... This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Some are opposed to the good news. It won't matter how many times I preach the good news. It won't matter how many times I tell you that Christ went to a cross and died for you. And he gave himself for you. And that he sent the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. That's why he told them it was imperative that he go 
when he met with them, he said, it's imperative that I go, just go tarry till the Holy, till the Spirit come. It's imperative that we continue to tarry for the Spirit of God in us so that we will not be oblivious to the things that are going on around us. Whether by personal power or will or innocent omission, this parable is clear that the seed will not grow where there is no hospitable soil. We can listen to gospel. We can play gospel. We can play the keyboard and play gospel. We can sing Christian gospel songs. We can do all that. But if the soil of the heart is not right, if the soil of the heart has not given itself wholly everything from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head to Jesus Christ, then I'm not going to make it into the kingdom of God. Nobody wants to hear that, so they want to reject What's being preached, the good news. The good news is if it hadn't have been for him going to a cross, we wouldn't have the presence of God in us. This kind of soil will never reproduce because it cannot reproduce. Number two, a troubled heart produces shallow roots. Matthew 13, 20 through 21 says this, But he that received the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, which means decided whether they would receive it or not, Joy receiveth it, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. He's, he's only here for a while. For when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word of God, when the word of God comes from the platform, I get offended. I get offended, so then I go, well, I don't really need all that. Now he's talking about me. Now the church knows he's talking about me. The church don't know who I'm talking about when I bring out whatever God gives me. The church don't know who I'm talking about. When I preach the word, I don't have no darts. I don't have no uh, sight, gun sight on you or whatever you call it. You know, I don't have, a, I don't have a, a laser pointed on you when I'm preaching. When I'm preaching, I'm preaching what God gives me. Amen. I, I'm only going to preach what God gives me. If he don't give it to me, I can't preach it. So hear me, there is persecution coming from this world. You are going to be offended as a child of God sitting in the house of God. I'm sorry, I, I would love for you to be able to walk in church every Sunday and not be offended. You'll either be offended by me or you'll be offended by a brother or a sister in the church. It's going to happen. I'm just going to tell you, it's going to happen. And if you think not, then something's wrong. I can go to the job and be offended and hurt and not take it for, and not even take it for, and just, and just ignore them, right? And just let it go and not even get in their face and say anything. But when it comes to the house of God, come on now, I'm talking, I'm going to get down into y'all's, y'all's field now and start plowing. When, when we start, when we come to church, if you offend me now, I'm broken. I don't even want to be in this church no more because the rest of the church is just like you. We condemn everybody for one person. And let me just say this. Let me just turn around. I don't normally like to turn my back on anybody. But I want you to look. You see any wings? What? You don't see my wings? I know I got wings. 
huh? Do, do you see any halo on this head? You don't see no halo, right? That's why the Bible said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why you cut your pastor repenting constantly when he's, wherever he is, he'll repent. I, I repent in the morning, I repent in the afternoon. I re Sometimes I repent every minute because I don't know if I've done something bad. You know, I, I literally, I don't know all the time. And God said his ways are not what? My ways, and my ways are not his ways. So I just want to cover all bases. Because this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I want to make it to heaven. Amen. Offend me. I'm going to tell you, you hurt me. And you can say, I'm sorry, forgive me, or you can go on your way. But as long as I let her know, it's all on her. Now I got to get it right with God myself so that I can release her. And then she has to stand before a just God who will either let her in or not let her in because she didn't make things right with me. Rooted. You know, I remember Brother Scales. Brother Scales was my, he was an amazing man of God. And, and I, I, I talk about Brother Scales. Brother Scales was a moonshiner in West Virginia. He would, he'd go packing. What? Before Jesus. Wouldn't, okay, well, I guess that would, I guess I need to make that clear. Uh, but, but he was a moonshiner runner. And, and he, would, he would go packing because when, when they had church, he didn't go in the church, but he would sit out in front of the church and he would sit there with his six-shooter so no one could come in and mess the church service up. But that man spoke straight. He was a man of wisdom. He had a walk with God. He had a closeness with God that he could sense when things were wrong with me. He, he, would, he, would, he always had his eyes on me. And I've told you the story, but I thank God for men. Hear me. What I'm trying to say is I thank God for a man that had his soil right, that had his spirit right, and was rooted in the word of God, that was, that was willing to step in my face and go, there's something wrong with you. And when I lied to him, he was able to go, you just lied to me, and you lied in the house of God. And in the house of God, you lied before God. He said, the one I'd be really scared of is that you lied before God and in the house of God. The third thing, then you lied to me. And I care about you just like he cares about you, right? But that was his, that was, he was willing to cross the boundaries of, of whether or not I would get offended of him checking my spirit, checking me and making sure I was right, going to make it into the kingdom of God. He didn't, he wasn't worried if I was going to have an ought against him. He didn't care that there was a skin color difference. He crossed all boundaries and said, let me tell you something, there's something wrong. When God's people can get to that place, and I didn't get offended. I knew I couldn't lie no more because he already called it out. I confessed, you know, the best thing is confession. So I confessed to him what was going on. We went to the altar. I repented for lying in the house of God, lying to God, lying to him, and then we prayed me back through to the Holy Ghost so that I wouldn't do that again. Right? But he made sure the seed in my spirit and my heart was right so that I could make it in the kingdom of God. And he would just tell you, he would tell me, boy, just keep on keeping on. Be like the disciples. Brush the dust off your feet and keep it moving. Don't worry about what a sister or a brother did. We, but I want us to make it right. I'm just saying, right? You need to make it right because we want to make it into the kingdom of God. 
But that seed you got, I need you to hold that seed. Life is a long and at life is long and at times diff a difficult journey. A heart that is troubled by the obstacles and adversities of life will fail to produce deep roots. These individuals have had an, have an interest in the gospel and even seem to embrace it at the beginning of their journey. They are, you would think that they're, they're going to develop, they're going to do real well, and then something comes along. However, over time, without tending to the growth of the seed of the gospel, they will fall away during the tough times and tribulations that all disciples of Christ will experience. I'm going to say that again. You're going to experience some things. Some tough times. You're going to experience some tough times. You're going to experience some tribulations. Jesus actually warned us, in, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In John 16, 33, shallow roots will not sustain a person through the adverse and difficult seasons of life. They can't stand. They, can't, they cannot make it. It takes deep and strong roots growing in healthy soil to weather the stormy season. Number three, a distracted heart bears no fruit. Matthew 13, 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of, of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So a distracted heart cannot grow the roots needed to sustain life. We can't be distracted. The church cannot be distracted. The saints of God cannot be distracted. We can't be distracted. So there is no rain. So we're in a wilderness drought right now. We still keep praying. Amen? We still keep teaching. We still keep preaching. We still keep uh, uh, inviting. We still keep uh, weathering the storm. It, it may be dry. We may be going through a dry spell, but we don't give up on God. The children of Israel wandered for 40 years. Amen? I wonder, I wonder what they thought. They had to wander because they were a bunch of complainers and he had to die, let them die off so he could raise up another generation that would stand for the Lord, that would be faithful and would fight the fight, the good fight of faith. But a distracted heart cannot grow. A, a heart that cares more for the things of the world than for the things of the kingdom is not the healthy soil necessary to experience kingdom growth. Money status. Popularity and otherworldly endeavors choke out the ability of the seed to get the nutrients and care necessary for the roots. Unhealthy and distracted soil is not the place for a seed to grow and definitely not the place to find harvest, to find a harvest. Four, a fertile heart. Matthew 13, 23 says, but he that receiveth received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold. A heart that is fertile is one that re readily accepts the gospel, the gospel seed, and does the hard work of nurturing it to grow. Here's what I'm going to say. I think sometimes we get in a place that we get... 
we get older in the Lord. Right? Because see, we've been, I've been serving the Lord 31 years. And if I'm not careful, I can slip off into complacency. I can slip off into a place of that I'm comfortable and I don't really need to do all that anymore. I don't need to raise my hands. I don't really need to, right? I don't need to jump up. I don't need to run like the little children run. The reason I'm having the children run is because I want them to know that that is a form of worship. They may not conceive it. They may not understand right now what they're doing, and it looks like fun to them. But what we're doing is we're trying to produce disciples that will know that they worship God. David danced before God. If anybody hears me, what I'm saying is I, I'm not asking you to do crazy dancing. You can do just jumping up and down. You can kick your feet, right? You can, you can jump up and down. You don't have to do no gyrations, right? You can just, I mean, like we did when we were in the world, right? I'm just trying to make it plain. But, but we can do, we can worship God, right? If you can't do any of that, listen, if you can't do any of that and you have the ability to raise your arms and to look up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who died for us, amen? That's reverence. That's worship. That's praise when, when, a, when, a, when a person raises their hands and honors God. Amen. I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want to be a child of God that, that gets to the place where they figure they can just sit down on God. I don't want to be that. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. He can take me. But while I have the ability to raise my hands, I'm going to give him glory. I may not have anything else. I may not be able to jump much anymore. I may not be able to run long. I may not be able to do things, but I'm going to give him glory. Amen. I want this seed to be healthy. I want the seed to be full. Amen. I want it to be watered. I want it to be rooted so that when the things of this life that start to, to test me and try me, that I am, I'm able to stand and say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I see everything shaking around me. I see uh, kingdoms falling around me. I see the wars. I see the things that are going on. I see the balloon in the air. I see all that happening. But I'm still going to serve my Lord. I'm going to stay steadfast in the kingdom of God. You know, I I've never seen so many people that have become distracted by news. more government news than I, than stuff that we should be concerned about, children being killed. I mean, that, that should be our number one focus is praying for children that are being gunned down in the streets. We should be praying for mothers who are driving down the road and because of shooting going on, they run into a, a telephone pole. They're hurt really bad. One of their children are killed. I mean, these are the things that we should be praying for. Right? We should be praying. We shouldn't be worried about what this world's going to do. Everything's being set up for the return of Christ. Christ is coming back. Amen. That's what we ought to be worried about. I'm not telling you to stick your head in the sand. I'm not telling you to stick your head in the sand and, and, and ignore everything. But what I'm telling you is they can't do anything for your salvation. They can't get you into heaven. They can't, I don't care what button they push, they can't get you into heaven. And I don't care what button they push, they can't put money in your bank. Only Jesus puts money in your bank. Amen. When you honor God, God blesses you back. You, you can't mess with God's uh, financial structure. You just can't. 
But we need, to have, we need to be rooted in the Word of God. We need to be rooted in Jesus so that we can grow. You know, I, I, we have people that say, well, I, I, I've, I've done my time. He won't even say that. He won't say it. I'd be tapping out, right? Tapping out. I, I, I just want to stand behind you. But no, you can't tap out. He feels like this is a walk till death. He feels like it's a relationship just like with a wife, till death do us part. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to commune with you. I'm going to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Even if I can't do what I used to be able to do, even though I can't handle things like I used to be able to handle it, even though I can't, right, I'm still going to give God glory while I can. Amen. The mindset is, is I, I want to keep walking this walk until God takes me. I want my life to be right through it all. I don't want to second guess whether I'll make it in there or not. I want my heart to be right. I want this heart to be fertile ground. This heart is one that is open to the truth of God's word. I want my heart to receive truth. Amen. This heart is made ready by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I want to move when the Holy Ghost says move. I want to talk when the Holy Ghost says talk. I want to worship when the Holy Ghost hits me. And people that do not worship. I'd have to say you probably don't have a relationship with God. I'll call it out like it is. If you can't feel the joy in worship and if you can't express that then you have no relationship with God you don't even know God I'm just gonna tell you just like it is you don't know God you can't sing and, and you know if you don't do this well, why, why should he let you feel his presence if you don't reverence him you sleep on God in the house of God Either you need to go to bed early. You may stay up all night long during the week, but on Saturday night, you ought to go to bed early so you could be in the house of God and hear what thus saith the Lord. That's right. Amen. I, I've never in all my 31 years that I've sat under men of God, and some have been very boring, have I ever fell asleep. Amen. Ever. Because the word of God is that, that important to me. I want to hear what the man of God's saying to me. I may be, I may be falling, I may be losing out with God if I, I can't wait a minute. He may be saying something. He need, he might be everything he's saying must be for me. You can gamble with your soul and come in here and doze off and do the things you do, but there's a day coming, a day of reckoning coming when Jesus, the judgment day, will judge where you are. And you can have all the excuses in the world of why you don't have, you didn't get enough sleep to be able to stay awake in the house of God. The heart, it's in the heart. It's the fruit of the heart. It's where the heart is, the seat of the heart. If the heart is full of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't want to sleep. It don't matter what the man of God's preaching, they're always saying amen. And I don't need amens. It's God's word. And you want to make it into the kingdom of God. You don't think it's going to cost you something to get into the kingdom of God? Come on, I'm talking to you. To be rooted in the kingdom of God and rooted in the word of God. If he gave his life for you and I. He paid the price that we should be paying. You and I should be a one that was hung on that cross. Not him. 
right? But he went to that cross for you and I, whether you deserved it and I deserved it, period. Whether you were ever going to say, Lord, I, I've, I've come to a place, God, forgive me, of understanding, right? I'm going to worship you. If, if, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a smart guy, and I'm not an intelligent guy, but there is one thing I can understand, that when the man went to a cross that died for my stinking flesh and my stinking sins to allow me to make a choice to serve him, Amen. And gave me that opportunity. Gave me a choice to say, God, please forgive me of everything that I've ever said against you. Everything that I've ever done. Everything that I ever did against my wife. Everything I did against my family. Everything I did against mankind. God, forgive me. And as long as there's life in these lungs, and I pray that he allows me to continue to walk this walk. I pray every day, God, keep this mind right. Don't let nothing come into it for false doctrine. Let nothing can deceive me. Let my spirit be right. Let my soil be, be fertile to hold on to the Holy Ghost. To, when I'm not right, that I get things right. I want to be rooted. I want my ground to be fertile. I want to, when I can walk into a place and someone look at me and go, something different about you. I want them to, I want to be, oh, yeah, there's something different about me. It's all Jesus. That's the only thing different. It's just Jesus. Me and Jesus. Right? And, and when you get things right in the soil, that's what happens. When you walk into the room, that's when people start to notice you. They go, oh, there's something different about you, sis. You're in the meeting room. Uh, uh, you're, you're in the room, and things are going on, and there's something different about you. When you walk in, there's a calmness. There's a presence that comes. That's the Holy Ghost because you're, you have... Uh, allowed your spirit to be fertilized. You've allowed yourself to be in a place where you can be used of God, ministered through with by God. Thank you. We're going to finish. Healthy soil is where seeds have the most opportunity to grow into life-giving plants, such as trees. For instance, a single healthy apple tree, listen to this, a single healthy apple tree can bear enough fruit to feed dozens of people. Its shade gives rest to those who pass by in a hot day. Its flowers nourish thousands of pollination plants that need to be pollinated. When we first moved down to Pomfret, we had a, I planted a peach tree and an apple tree. My first year or two years, it, they, never, they never produced. Finally, I don't know, I guess a bee must have been somewhere pollinated with my, my peach tree. My peach tree finally brought forth peaches, and they were tiny little peaches, but didn't get to eat them. You know, they were hard as rock, so we threw them. But then, the, 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 like the third year, Another bee must have come along and fertilized uh, the, the apple tree, so I had peaches and apples. Not sure if I bought the right apple tree, but they were small apples too. But the bottom line was they were starting to produce. They were starting to produce. They were starting to be vibrant and, and, and allow things to flower and, and, and things. So if you'd stand with me, please stand. I'm, I'm closing. So I'm going to ask you today. 
This is the question. What kind of soil describes your heart today? What kind of soil describes your heart today? Are you indifferent to the good news of Jesus Christ? Are you needing to spend some time on the condition of your heart? Are you distracted? Are there too many things in your life claim, clamoring for your attention? If you've ever had an earthly garden, you know the efforts it takes to grow and sustain that garden. Brother McCauley and I found very quickly that we needed an army to take care of a 30 by 50 garden to keep weeds out of it. The weeds took over our corn because we couldn't hoe it enough. We couldn't keep it clean enough. We just couldn't take care of it enough. So we had no corn because we have not been able to tend to it like we needed to. Very much like our own souls and salvation. If we don't tend to it, if we're not conscious of watching out where it is, if we're not paying attention to where I am in my walk with God, right, I, I could drift away. I could, weeds could grow up and choke me out, and I would be worthless to the kingdom of God and to the house of God. And what can you do this next week to strengthen the soil of your heart? I want you to, I want you to think about that. I'm going to ask you to dedicate some time to prayer. I'm going to ask you to remove some distractions, TV, sleeping late, sleeping, you know, maybe not sleeping, social media. Dedicate the time every morning to the Word of God. Pray for the revelation of, the, of what the Lord wants you to do in the kingdom of God. I want you to hold on to that seed. And when I open the altars, I want you to come to the front. Depending on where your seed is in your heart, the level, the depth, is it really rooted? It, can it take root? I want you to ask God to help you to, for that seed to thrive and to live. I want that seed to be vibrant. I want you to, I want you to understand there's gifts of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. There's gifts of healing, gifts of prophecy, there's gifts of, uh, of, of uh, interpreting, there's gifts of the Spirit in this place. But if my seed in my spirit and my heart is not where it needs to be, my ground, if my soil is not where it needs to be, I cannot be healthy or fertile enough to sense that my sister might need me to take her by the hand and walk to the altar. There's a day that we should be able to say, you know what, I love you. Would you like to go to the altar? She said yes. I just tell her she said yes. But, that, but that's the spirit we should have in the church. Right? Would you be willing to go to the altar with me? I, I want to go and pray. The spirit we need to have. The spirit should be you should sense, do you need to come to me and say, you need to go to the altar with me? Yes. Right? That should be the spirit in the church. Right? That should be the spirit is for us to 
be able to encourage one another. I want you to make it into the kingdom of God. I want you to make it in the kingdom of God. I want you to make it, no matter what, I want you to make it in the kingdom of God. I want to see you spiritually strong. I want to see nothing can distract you or tear you down. I don't care what seasons you have left in your life. I want to see it powerful, packed with anointing, packed with the, the glory of God so that when we step into situations, we're able to achieve it. Right? Amen. So if my seed is shallow in my life, if I, if I need the Lord, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, we all need Jesus. I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to call you out, but, but I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I want, my seed, I want my seed to be so rooted that nothing can erode it. I don't want to be deceived by the things of this world. I don't want to be distracted by the things of this world. I want to be able to, I don't want to even worry about a job. I, I'm going to do my job, but I don't want to be worried if they talk about shutdown and if they talk about um, um, crashes and stuff like that. I, this is not, the world doesn't belong to Jesus. I mean, belong to them. It all belongs to the Lord. He spoke all this into existence, right? So he owns that. He owns all this. He owns my money. He owns my bank. He owns the shoes and everything that I walk with. His word said, I, my seed have I not, has not been begging for bread. I've held him to that. And I want you to know, I, not once have we begged, had to beg for bread. Not once did we have to have someone I mean, we've, we've had to do some things to correct our spending habits, right? Don't get me wrong. We've had to go through some things, some changes to learn control and understanding of money. But we've never once been delinquent on a bill. Not since Jesus came in our lives. Before Christ, there was all kinds of stuff happening. I'm just going to tell you. Before Christ, they were coming after us. But I want you to take your seed and I want you to hold it in your hand and I'm going to open this altar to everyone because I want you to check the soil today. That seed is just something for you to hold on to, to go, this is, this is a reminder of where the Holy Ghost is in my life. Lord, I come to you and this, this seed symbolizes the presence of your spirit in my life. I want you to look at the soil of my heart. I want you to look at the soil of my salvation. I want you to look at where I am in my walk with God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. God, I want to give you permission to search my soul. Lord, if there be anything in my life that I have tried to hide from you or hide from anybody, Lord God, I'm asking you to search me now. God, I want you to search me right now, Lord God, because if there's anything in me that would hinder you working in me or keep me from making it into the kingdom of God or, or keep me from being a, a soul winner or a disciple maker, Lord, or being a witness, oh God, I pray, God, today, God, that you begin to show me. Show me, God, that I can get it right, Lord God. Anything that needs to be... Any distractions that are in my life, Lord God, I'm asking you to move them from me, Lord God. Touch my heart. 
God. If money is distracting me, God, I'm asking you, Lord God, help me to get past money from distracting me, Lord God. If it's life, if it's just life that's distracting me, Lord God, I'm asking you to help me, Lord God, get past it, oh God, to walk strongly with you, Lord God. I need you. God, search me, Lord, search me. God, I want to be rooted. I don't want to be lost, Lord God. I don't want the devil to come and take up my seed, Lord God. God, I need you. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. God, I need you more than anything, Lord. If there be any sin in my life, Lord God, I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord. God, if I've cheated on my family in any way, Lord God, I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord God. I've let sin come in my life, Lord God, I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord. God, it's not about me. It's about you, Lord. It's about you, Lord. God, I got family depending on you, Lord God. I got friends that are depending on me being right with you, Lord God. So God, deal with the heart, so God, deal with my heart, Lord God. Need you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you today. I need you today. I need you today, Lord. I need you today.